All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 297. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, the number. You're right. You're right. It's the right number. When this, you're right, you're right. This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, happenings, goings on, and fun stuff here at Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse, and we are working on a cobbled-together uh, set today. They took our chair, our table. You know the, the South Park? They duck our germs. No. I, no? Don't, I don't watch South no? Park. Not a big South Park guy. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, that one's a shocker. That's all right. Yeah. But, never mind. Yeah. Anyway, uh, love love small school South Park, but we also love all the Marvel things. Um, that said, I uh, want to start the episode out on a little bit of a somber, somber note. note yeah. um, last night, because we're recording this on Friday, last night we heard about the passing of Joan Lee. Uh, member of the Marvel family, uh, her husband Stan Lee is uh, Stan Lee. Um, so our prayers, our thoughts, um, our condolences go out to Stan and his daughter, the entire Lee family, and um, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a tough day. And awesome. um, uh, it's the day that Spider-Man: Homecoming comes out. Mm-hmm. Stan is in the movie, so I'm sure everybody's going to be thinking of him. And so think. Think some, think nice some thoughts good for the thoughts family. towards Stan and the family, and yeah. uh, you know, let's all let's all take care of this together. Yes, and uh, hug somebody, hug a loved one. Yep, and uh, we go from there. We let's, go from there. Um, uh, yes. Go ahead. As we do, we should just dive into some comics. That's just that's, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Very good, Benjamin. You're a step ahead of me. All right. Uh, first up, we've got all new Guardians of the Galaxy number five. Uh, so this one um, is a little bit of a different one. This is one of the uh, solo spotlight issues of mm-hmm. all new Guardians of the Galaxy. It comes out every other week. So we've got lots of issues, and this one is uh, written by Jerry Duggan. But you have art. I don't know that we've ever seen. Uh, Chris Somney mm-hmm. do art on the Guardians characters. I don't think so. I think this is the first time. Yeah, so it's Chris Samney and Matt Wilson, uh, just dynamite team, and it's a Star Lord spotlight issue called Across the Universe, which was really neat. It's just mm-hmm. it's a super fun story. You've got Scott it's clever. It's very clever. It's clever. Uh, Scott adds it Nova Centurion. Great. Uh, which is. A delight. Yeah. Um, and Star-Lord, and there's shenanigans, there's Star-Lord punching Adsit in the face. There's a lot of hate for humans throughout mm-hmm. the issue and throughout space, which... They're the worst. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Humans, humans are, are... terrible. Literally the yeah. worst. Yeah. Uh, but we've got lots of fun stuff, lots of really clever stuff, as Ben mentioned yes. here. Uh, Peter is try- He's trying to catch a radio wave. That's the it's crux crazy, of the man. story. And he's like playing with time. He's playing with space. He's doing all this cool stuff because he wants to. He this like, is the best. Yeah. He this two page spread is the best. Ben is pointing to a two page spread um, that is basically uh, just it's like a cassette tape, tape deck. Tape deck. Yeah. 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 Uh, where you store store all your tapes. I still have really? like, from the 90s, like some of my old 
uh, tapes, okay. and I have like what this would be. It's, it's like a, it's got a zipper to it, and it's got like yeah. the mesh cover, uh, the mesh thing, and you got. I've got that for tapes. CDs, not for tapes. I have, still have my yeah. CD ones, but I definitely still have my tapes. Yeah. Um, with some old, you know, demos and random stuff, wow, and cool. it's it's great. Um, but this has. All the, the different music that Peter has and Peter listens to. He's got lots of mixes. He's got the, the Skankin mix, which yeah. is all ska. Love it. You got his death metal mix, uh, a mix of Rocket's favorites, the Space Jams, uh, Chip Tunes, the Breakup mix, Blondie, uh, a bunch of Iggy Pop. Um, uh, sorry, uh, not Iggy Pop. Um, David Bowie. Because hmm. um, you see the you know Stardust, the Thin White Dude, all that stuff. Um Tom Waits is in here. Like, it's just, it's so fun. It's so cool. Uh, there's also, like, little touches and, and nods to uh, other things. There's the uh, DNA mix. Yes. Which, love that. So friggin' cool. Yeah. Uh, the punk mix and, and the graphic that goes with that. Like, this, I want to know what Jerry and Chris and Matt, like, how this mm-hmm. was laid came out together. in the script and yeah. how it came out how it came together because yeah. it's so cool totally. uh, and that's just like right in the middle of the issue and it's Peter just enjoying his music enjoying like the chase of getting you know what he's trying to get and, and find this radio wave to get the perfect song that he needs for this mix mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really great it's just it's super awesome. fun issue I love this series yeah. and uh, you know anything with Chris Somney makes me happy absolutely man and uh, what makes me happy is Hawkeye number 8 written by Kelly Thompson art by Leonardo Romero Colors by Jordi Belair. We've got two things going on here. On the one hand, we've got Kate confronting her dad. That's the before part of all this. Her dad, who is ostensibly almost a supervillain. I don't know if he's a supervillain or just a villain because he's got powers. So that makes him basically a supervillain now. Then at the same time, uh, Hawkeye now is investigating a new case because she's got someone who needs her help. So she's having this conversation with her dad. And I just really... I don't know. I enjoyed Kate this issue. Kate's just such a likable character, and they did a great job of contrasting her to her father, uh, contrasting her to this um, girl who she's helping out. I love that she's got bruises all over her face, like all the time, always wearing band aids on the face. Yeah. Uh, she uses frozen broccoli because she's out of frozen peas. Yep. As a thing. It's a good tip. Yep. So she goes to investigate this new uh, case that she's been put on, and. She, her friends want to come and help her out, but she doesn't want her friends to get in danger. I like the way they forced their way in anyways. Uh, <laughs> creepy stuff with her dad. Oh, a man. Total creep factor. Uh, like, and his dad is doing, like, he's getting, he's, he should be much older. Yeah. And he, she, she's like, what are you doing? She's like, what's with you? You yeah. don't look right. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you just walked in, your dad was like 20 years younger. That's what Kate's involved in. She gets into a fight club. I, Thoroughly enjoyed Leonardo Romero's depiction of this bruiser who she goes up against and the actions of Kate and how she manages to take down someone much bigger than her. It's a very cool fight scene. So you got the fight scene, you got the talking, you got the characterization, and then you get some really cool action at the end and reveal of another villain who's going to be giving Kate some problems. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. I love that book. Yeah, I'm it's glad so you good. picked it because yeah. I would have. Um, yeah, I had a hard time picking books because there were so many options. There's some good ones this week. Uh, you, but- The one you're about to talk about? I almost picked. Yes. So there we go. Yep. It we got is it all covered. Avengers number nine, written by Mark Wade, art by Mike Del Mundo, and some colors uh, with Mike and Mark D'Alfonso. Uh, and this I is like a, that. Some, some, some colors. Well, because it says uh, color artist Mike Del Mundo with Marco huh. D'Alfonso. I apologize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, so in This is a Secret Empire crossover, mm-hmm. uh, tie in issue. Tie-in. Um, and 
the the question you know we've seen in Secret Empire that Thor's hammer is in America yeah and Cap is like it's there it's a it's a piece on the battlefield that Cap could potentially use if he so chose but where is Thor hmm. uh, we've seen the uh, Odinson and yep. you know he's got some doubts about what's going on um, but we haven't seen uh, Thor Jane Foster and we, just, we haven't seen where she's been up until now. This issue focuses on her. Um, and I won't say that it fully answers everything, but it it's, it tells you that, like, she's off the board and this is what she's doing right now. She is in this other dimension, other world. And it's mm-hmm. kind of funny. She it, The whole issue is narrated by um, an alien creature. Whatever planet dimension this is, there's this character here who is narrating the story of meeting Thor. And trying to figure out what's going on, Thor's like, "Yeah, I'm a god from from this other dimension, yeah. other planet." And I I like the the way it's narrated in that this creature is this this person, I guess, is like the, she keeps saying that she's from a different planet or di- another dimension, and she kind of uses them interchangeably. And she's like trying to understand the way that Thor is talking about yeah. things. What I really dig about this issue is that this is basically. This is a planet or a dimension we might never see again. Mm-hmm. This is a people we might never see again. Yep. We've never seen them before, but Mark Wade invests so much into the world building of creating this fully realized location and this fully realized civilization just so he can tell a great story with Thor. Yes. Yeah. And so we um, you know, we have this mm-hmm. this person and there I don't know if y'all heard that yeah. on the recording. There's yeah. some stuff being moved around. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um uh, the the character's name is Hecla, uh, who's just this great like he's just this dude. Yeah, you know he's just this just dude. an everyman. Um, and there's this like layer of sadness we get to learn about his family mm. and the situation on this planet in this dimension and this the big bad called Yod, mm. which is an awesome design. I mean, great design. Give it up to Del Mundo because he's. Like, it's great. Incredible yeah. every time. Um, there's, you know, this big bad that has been messing with people, has been killing people, that is enslaving people, all kinds of awful stuff. Uh, there's also uh, a great part where Thor's throwing up. <laughs> I lo- always love a good vomit scene. Good vomit scene. It'll, it can make or break your uh, your comic. Totally. Yeah, uh, cool creature designs, all this stuff. And then ultimately they're trying to get Thor home. She doesn't have the hammer. Uh, she's luckily not like reverting to Jane here. Yeah. Um, so she is just trying to get home. There's this amazing scene where she friggin' grabs lightning at, in the air. Mm-hmm. Like the lightning is striking down and Hecla, you know, launches out of the way and she's just like, boom, grabs it. Yep. And it was so friggin' badass. It's so awesome. You, of course, get the Thor versus Yod fight and just like heart stringy punching yep i see what you're doing yeah i see what you're doing so good um it's yeah it's uh, like this feels like it fits right into all the jason aaron thor stories which is a huge compliment because that's some of the best stuff that's been coming out and and predominantly that's who's been writing yeah jason's been writing all himself so it's so good so fantastic we do see thor with a hammer in here but we do see thor being the hero that she is yeah it's fantastic awesome stuff also awesome unstoppable wasp number seven. Oh my god oh my god oh my god written by jeremy whitley art by veronica fish this issue color art by megan wilson um this is basic what can we call jeremy whitley a twimamaniac 
I oh yeah, absolutely. I think we can. Jeremy Whitley comments on us all the time. Yeah. We've we've interviewed him, right? Yeah, we've interviewed him. He's been on. He's a member of the Twim family. The Twim family, but you know, like every time we mention the book, um, even if we're not, we don't like tweet it to him. He'll be like, "Thanks for the good words, guys. Yeah, it's he's like really sweet. He's great. We love really him. Nice. We love Jeremy Whitley, and he's super talented. So oh that helps. Uh, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a chore to shill his stuff because no. we're not shilling. We're genuinely loving on it. Yeah. And I love on this issue, which stars Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp. Yes. And if ever uh, there was another book I want him to write, yep. it would be this. 100%. There's so much dialogue. There's so much narration in this book. Uh, Jan, he just nails it. Jan is just this this superhero, and there's a lot to do in this issue with her relationship with Nadia Pym, how she feels like motherly towards her, but she doesn't kind of know. Um so Ling is being taken to the hospital. They found out there's still something wrong with her after last issue where they took the bomb out of her head. And Nadia does not trust anybody. She grew up in the Red Room. She she's, shouldn't. Yeah, she's super paranoid. DTA. She, yeah, as Steve Austin would say. Yep. Um, and she, when the ambulance comes to take her away, take Ling away and get her to the hospital to try to save her life, she's basically like, no. Do not leave her with anyone I don't know. I like these guys could be spies. This could be going on. Jan tries to intercede, and Nadia, without even thinking about it, just breaks her nose. And it's it's cool because it contrasts like kind of the Jan Janet Van Dyne of it all, where she's just very confident and she knows what she's doing. She's very calm, and then Nadia Pym, who's just all we we've seen her so like optimistic and bubbly and all this stuff to this point she is just in a bad wrecked shape she is devastated she does not know what to do because her friend has been hurt they go to the hospital nadia takes down one of the orderlies uh, and jan is basically just like okay calm down here's what we're gonna do we're gonna get some snacks we're gonna have the doctor verify who he is so that you can trust him and i love the whole thing about janet because i think janet connects with how I'm feeling here is that I get upset to feel, see Nadia so upset. Yeah. Because she's usually so upbeat and happy. Yep. So when she's upset, I feel upset. And the, you get that through Jan in this issue where Jan is just like, oh my god, like how do I deal with this? So then Jan uses her superpower, as she calls it, which is she basically calls a bunch of people. Um, she calls all the parents of the different sci- the, the girls in Girl in the lab because they were all threatening like oh we gotta quit it's too dangerous parents are gonna pull us out Jan calls them up she's like no your daughter should do this they should do that she like holds the lab together and then go on she also calls my favorite politician oh yeah Cory Booker yeah 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 I'm not even in his state yeah but I I am I know I love him that's my only thing of jealousy about New Jersey is y'all got Cory Booker we got Cory Booker man representing y'all got Cory Booker he is incredible i i adore him yeah uh i follow him on on social media i think he's so earnest and honest and positive and such a good force yeah um for for people he's a great force in this book helping yeah, out janet totally Dine. is so then whirlwind and the beetle show up the new beetle beetle from superior foes of spider-man and jan gets to be a badass wearing her costume fighting with these guys um, Whirlwind, for those of you who don't know, used to be like a Jan- Janet Van Dyne stalker. Super creep town. Super creep town. He's in his original armor here, which I love because it's so goofy looking. Yeah. Um, no, no razor blades on it. Though. No razor blades, unfortunately. Yeah. I guess he- no, <laughs> no, actually. Oh, look. oh, yeah. He's got some there's, razors. There's a razor blade right oh, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got See the it? buzzsaw thing. Yeah, right? buzzsaw thing. Yeah. Um, we get the wasps teaming up. They take out the bad guys. They do it in a clever fashion. They save the day. And then Jan's basically like, the last thing I wanted to be is a mother to a teenage girl, but damn it, 
she got me. And she's <laughs> like, and she she takes Ling and uh, Nadia. She gets some tacos and they go and hang out at her house. And it's so good. It's just such, oh, this book took me on a journey this month where it took me from being really kind of like in despair to following Jan. Jan just moves so fast. It feels like she's moving super, super fast. Yeah. She's doing everything. She's doing so much. Like I said, there's so much dialogue on each page. There's so much narration on each page. There's just so much to get you in the head of Janet Van Dyne. And then seeing Nadia go from being so down in the dumps to being kind of up when she gets to fight the bad guys to finally at the end when Ling's okay, she's relieved. Like I felt okay. It yes. was all good. Oh, my God. Great book. I love that book. So good. So fantastic. Uh, also fantastic, we've got Star Wars number 33. Yeah, good Star Wars this, uh, yeah. this month. Uh, written by Jason Aaron, art by Salvador LaRocca and Edgar Delgado. Mm. Um, and it's very cinematic issue. Yeah. It's, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting, I guess... The books that I chose are sort of off the beaten path from the normal stories. So mm. in this one, it focuses on uh, Luke and Leia. Yeah. Uh, you know, I chose the Avengers book that focused on Thor. Thor. I chose the Guardians book that focused on Star-Lord. Star-Lord. So it's int- I, I don't know. That's where I, I am this you week. Didn't, you did it intentionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've got Luke and Leia. They are stranded on this list like you know, paradise-like planet, this mm. place where they're trying to, they're on the run from the uh, the Empire, they're on the run from the parasites, um, and they just, they get stranded on this, this like little deserted island trying to survive, their ship is in a bad way, um, and they're, they're figuring out what to do, how they can, you know, make it work, uh, you know, they both have these survival skills that, you don't necessarily think about all the time, you know, Luke coming from Tatooine, he's got these, he, like, he's a farmer, he understands, mm-hmm. you know, certain things, so, like, he uses these moisture, he creates, like, these moisture evaporators, mm-hmm. uh, to, so they have, you know, full, clean, safe drinking water, Leia, she can hunt, she, she's like, yeah, I'm good she's with a princess, out. man, yeah, she's, uh, you know, got trained by the royal guard, and such, <laughs> What? <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's like, yeah, you know, on Alderaan, she she did her thing. She, yeah, exactly. she rolled deep. She's I'm sure she had, I'm, sh- I'm sure she had to go on like hunts with her family. And they had to go <laughs> on with the bow and arrow. You know, it is. Yeah. You know how they were on Alderaan? Yep. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but I bought Alderaan. Yeah. You know, they think they're deserted here. There's some animals and stuff. But of course, there's more going on. And the creatures come out from the sea um, who had been watching them. And, you know, they like form a temporary alliance they see they get uh, brought to this underwater civilization that's Mm. where really things are happening uh for the people on this planet and like they see that the empire has followed them there there is a big threat and luke and leia are in trouble they have to do what they can to survive um an adat and stormtroopers and danger so there's this, this cool element of uh like two against the world here it's really fun it's really cool and it's just a great luke and leia team up story um and ultimately it's them against the empire as it should be it's great we also get a hint of what's to come for next issue which is lando and sana yes i can't wait for that next issue is a dual two-story issue Mm. with lando and sana in the lead story yeah and then han and chewie go back to smuggling in the second story yeah it's uh, it's it's built, being built as an underworld issue. Ooh, so it's all the it's all the seedier stuff. X Men Gold number seven, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Ken Lashley. 
uh, Colors by Frank Martin. This is part one of their Secret Empire tie-in. I just enjoy this as a, we've been talking about with Resurrection. It's kind of like everything you loved about X-Men is coming back. And this is just a perfect downtime issue of X-Men. We start the whole thing with a flashback to when Magneto was attacking Central Park. This guy loses his son. Then we flash to Central Park now, where the X-Men are now based. We've got Colossus and Kitty Pride having a conversation, which is always great. Yeah. Because it's always awkward. But speaking of that, we get Bone Zone action right here on the next page with the unlikeliest of connections. Did you see this? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. let's not bones. Let's 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 not pre Bone Zone. The exploratory. They want to uh, sort of get on the road yeah. to the Bone They're Zone. They're exploring the areas around the Bone Zone. Yes. yes. Um, and that is Nightcrawler. They're rounding Ra- around the yeah. zone. Nightcrawler and Rachel Gray, Summers. Yeah. Uh, what a cool combination. Yeah. I mean, they've known each other for years. Get dirty, kids. Really, Do I, it. I just thought it was great. But then what, what happens, of course, that uh, throws everything out of whack is that the Dark Force dimension envelops New York. As we've seen in Secret Empire, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange makes a quick cameo, tells him that, uh, hey guys, we're in the Dark Force dimension, there are demons and stuff everywhere, so do what you can do. <laughs> and then the X-Men go off and try to do their thing, but they've got an additional problem that they've got to deal with, and that is there's a mutant serial killer loose, and he's killing students, students are going down left and right. Old Man Logan, Storm, and Nightcrawler go out on patrol in the city to take down some demons. Uh, we get this new villain. The new villain is the new Executioner, by the way. So it's a different person. It in is not the, the suit. same Executioner mm. from the original. Uh, Nightcrawler gets mistaken for a demon, which is always fun. I will say, love the Executioner. Mm. That original design is one of my favorite X-Men villain designs of all time. It's pretty He's cool. He's got like the, the, like the cape, scarf. He's like, just that first appearance in that X-Men annual yeah. mm-hmm. is like, mwah. This is a nice. This is a nice upgrade of the original. It mm. takes elements of the original, but it streamlines it a little bit. We get a little eye boy. We get a little rock slide. We get Yo, a little dust. The eye boy bit is pretty. Ooh, ooh it's rough. Ooh. Um, we learn the identity of the executioner right here, and then the X Men get put in jeopardy. In, in particular, Colossus, who doesn't have his powers, gets put in jeopardy. It's just a packed issue yep. with a lot of cool stuff going on. A lot of cool character stuff going on mm-hmm. with a lot of neat action. We get a great new villain. Just uh, X-Men as you like it. I like what Mark Guggenheim's doing. Yeah. All right. Big launch this week we want to focus on real quick is Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Written by Cullen Bunn. Pencils by Dalibor Talajik. Sinks so, by Goran Suzuka And colors by Miroslav Marva. We've had a Deadpool Killogy, right? Yeah, we had a whole killogy. So now it would be a killdrology? A kill train? Like a quatrain? Because I know with the, train? the when they had four alien movies, it was yeah. the quadrology. What? And yes, because I own the quadrology. Does it say it on the box? I think so. Oh, wow, that's the cool. The quadrology. Yeah. So I'm going to... Love that word. I can't, my mouth can't make those sounds. So anyways, this book immediately wins Ryan over because on the very first page, yes. Gambit is the first victim of this latest uh, universal kill spree. Suck it, Cajun douche. <laughs> this is, of course, the original team behind... Um, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would say this book is very catered to you because they kill Gambit on the first page. Yeah. Then they're fighting MODOK on the second page. It's yeah. the Uncanny Avengers. Uh, MODOK does something to Deadpool. Yeah. Not good. Uh, Deadpool goes crazy. And suddenly he, th- oh, man. <laughs> he thinks he's fighting uh, the anti-Uncanny Avengers, <sighs> which consists of hands-off cowgirl, who's the anti-rogue, <laughs> snarky raptor cheetah, who I believe is Quicksilver, Dr. Voodoo Doll, who is a voodoo doll in a doctor's outfit, yep. and then Brainwave Ninja, who is Synapse. Uh, so Deadpool, 
unfortunately takes them all out, but he's really taking out his friends. Uh, we've got Jessica Jones, Kate Bishop, The Punisher, Cable, Misty Knight, and Moon Knight uh, investigating the situation, Love which is team. awesome. Love that team. What a cool give me, team. Give me that all the yeah. time. What a cool team uh, getting it all together. And I love Cable's line about, you know, this is this is not looking good. It means I'm probably not going to live through this because he can't tell what's going on in the future. And I, like that. Yeah. I don't. It was something so simple. And I was like, yeah, damn. And then we've got the uh, we've got Deadpool in his base and he's all delusional. He's got I like how they change the art, um, how how Delbert Delagique will do a smoother art when he's got, um, you know, he's got Captain America and Carol Danvers and Nick Fury supposedly calling into Deadpool. We see like this fake world that Deadpool imagines in and it gets very very gritty when it goes back to the world as it actually is um, we've got Deadpool luring a bunch of gods to a toga party uh, this is drawn completely different again it's awesome Yeah. and uh, Deadpool has a way to take out all the gods we see the investigation team going at it again uh, and Deadpool leaves them a message that says help me like that was like you have all this like crazy and yeah. cool there's funny bits and and then it's just so sad yeah like that that oh it's not like i mean in the first deadpool kills the marvel universe it was kind of like almost like gleeful it was a lot like punisher kills the marvel universe it was punisher kills the marvel universe i've read dark. that about 50 times yeah it's a very there's no glee it's, no glee it, no no like the original bad one is, bad wording yeah okay it's, it's so dark yeah. and so like Ugh. The original Deadpool Kills Marvel Universe had a manic energy to yes, it, I'll that, say, that where sense. he was like just running through like hero after hero, killing mm-hmm. them in inventive ways. It's all crazy. This has more of a, oh man, poor Deadpool. Like, yeah. He's being used. Yeah. We get a glimpse at the villains who are doing the using at the end. It's really sad. Yes. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. Good issue. Okay, let's uh, move on to our quick hits for this week. We've got All New Wolverine number 22, written by Tom Taylor, pencils by Leonard Kirk, inks by Leonard Kirk and Corey Hampshire, colors by Michael Garland and Eric Arseniega. Um, (laughs) We've got great banter between Gabby and Deadpool in the hospital where Laura's recovering after she helped to cure that plague. The other other issue. And now she is going to go out into space to try to find out why this alien showed up mm-hmm, with her mm-hmm. name on on the alien's lips. Uh, she teams up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Gabby has... Gabby's just got great chemistry with Gabby every character. Gabby is my favorite. Gabby's the best. She has a fun time with Groot. Uh, they ship off into space. Um, they go to another planet. They're in the Milano. They're flying around. They're encountering a bunch of big guns and machines. There's some aliens who doesn't want to uh, tell them what's going on. And then the brood shows up. And everything gets terrible. And it's... and. Uh, uh, their their Wolverine, their pet Wolverine, gets thrown all I over the place. Was very upset. By very that. upsetting. Um, Gabby gets into the mix, and then Gabby takes on the bro- after Laura told her to stay back in the ship. Takes on the brood and gets herself into some big trouble. Yep. Every time you say Gabby, I think of Gabo from The Simpsons. Gabo, Gabo, Gabo. Anyway, uh, on to Champ- <laughs> Champions number ten, which is a Secret Empire crossover issue. Um, it's got uh, in humans. It's got this secret place in New Mexico, which turns into a really dark place because it is a detention camp essentially yeah. uh, for Inhumans. So you know you've got Amadeus Cho who is part of the reason why it exists was also wants to stop it they're Mm. looking for ms marvel because they don't know where she is uh there's this really cool thread that uh threw me for a little bit of a curve 
great issue of them trying to save a whole bunch of people in the midst of all the awfulness going on with Hydra. It's written by Mark Wade, art by Humberto Ramos, inks by Victor Elizaba, colors by Edgar Delgato, and um, another solid issue, great stuff. And like, just I love that the champion sort of like touches all these different people, and we we see their mm-hmm. like influence grow and sort of like the friends of the champions. I feel like could be characters who you see come sure. back again and again. Absolutely. We've got Black Bolt number three, and man, this is one of my favorite books. Oh my gosh. Uh, I almost yes. picked this this yes. week. Yes. I, I, yes. I, it's written by Saladin Ahmed. Uh, the art is by Christian Ward. They've got Black Bolt in this prison teaming up with Absorbing Man, Rava, Metal Master, Blinky. Uh, they're all great. And they need to, they're, they're doing a prison break. They're trying to get away from this awful warden. And Christian Ward's art is just incredible. Uh, Death's Head is there. This creepy character named Spider has a box that Black Bolt needs to get. That involves Black Bolt fighting Death's Head. Mm-hmm. Very cool resolution to how that all works out. Um, for a character that can't talk, as Black Bolt normally can't, uh, Saladin Ahmed does a really great job of getting in his head and just like showing his emotions and showing who he is uh, through narration, through when he can talk. Um, they encounter a character named Monsteroso. Mm. It's super sad. Yep. Um, it's much more sad than you would think for a character yep. named Monsteroso. Yep. And then they get like kind of behind the scenes of what's really going on in this prison. And it's really gross and sick and twisted. And it just, the whole, the whole book feels very claustrophobic to me. Like you mentioned Alien earlier. Mm. That's kind of what this book feels like to me. It's like they're stuck in this place. They've got these creepy guards and wardens and everything everywhere. And it's just impossible. There's there's no room to maneuver. Yeah. There's no room to feel your way out. And every door they open just leads to a new horror. It, it's great. It's like a it's like a horror book in, yeah. in some ways. Totally. I mean, it's great. Uh, we've got Daredevil number 23, written by Charles Soule, art by Alec Morgan and Matt Mila. This is part three of Supreme. Supreme! As, <laughs> yes. Uh, Matt Murdock is trying to change the way legal stuff happens yep. for superheroes, that letting them uh, sort of testify without revealing their identity, which could totally upset the the, the balance of things in a, in a favor positive to the law, superheroes to justice, all that stuff. But it is a tough battle, and it's made even tougher now uh, where Wilson Fisk is getting involved because, you know, Matt Murdock's you know, plans could spoil Fisk's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he enlists to help fight for uh against murdoch uh a man named legal yep he was introduced in the she-hulk series that charles wrote yes and he is dangerous dangerous guy he is a really intense really really like very powerful lawyer uh so he going up against matt murdoch really raises the stakes um we get an appearance by uh, Jen Walters in here, uh, both as Jen Walters and as the Hulk. Super cool tombstone is in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just tombstone. we just uh, did a an unboxing video oh, yeah? and uh, for a new line of Marvel Legends, which you guys mm-hmm. can check out on the Marvel Facebook page. We did it on Facebook Live. Uh, one of the figures was Tombstone. It's Very a cool. dope figure. Can I have that? Uh, yeah, I don't know where it is. Oh, okay, it should be around here somewhere. I love Tombstone. Yeah. Take it. Ask Judy. I don't know where it is. Damn it, Judy. Um, Anyway, we got a cool battle. Really good stuff. uh, But the big fight awaits uh, Matt Murdock versus Legal. Yeah. All right. Iron Fist number five, written by Ed Brisson. Beautiful art by Mike Perkins. Beautiful color up by Andrew Troy. This is the big finish to the trial of the Seven Masters. Iron Fist, Danny Rand, has to take on Shoshin. Uh, the final master on this mysterious island of Liu Shi. We learn the origin of Choshin. It's actually tied into um, 
um, just the Iron Fist lore. Yeah, just the Iron Fist lore and everything. And uh, he he was originally the one who would test Iron Fists, and he eventually got replaced by a robot. Came out into the world. Now he's pissed that Danny has uh, robots taking people's jobs. Yeah, I mean, wh- <laughs> what does this world come to? <laughs> <laughs> they give you a watch and they tell you a computer took your job, Daddy. <laughs> Hard times. Hard times. Um, so Choshin fights uh, Danny. It's awesome. I just love watching the depiction and, and the different names of moves that uh, Ed Brisson comes up with. Um, there's all these ties to Kunlun and there's all this reference to Kunlun. We find out why these guys really went after Danny in the first place. Danny gets his chi back. We get some really brutal stuff. And then uh, Danny, who started this arc so kind of at odds, is... Uh, you know, kind of put back together by the end. And uh, I'm really proud of him. I'm really yeah. proud of what he's done. Good on you, Danny. Yeah. And I like that the letters page is called Everybody Was Kung Fu Writing. Ooh. Did you know that? No. There you go. Very nice. You learn something new every day. And next month, Shang-Chi's in the book. So I'm so excited set. for that. That cover. Shang- yeah, this uh, cover by Jeff DeCall. Jeff DeCall is crushing amazing. the colors. The covers, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Um, all right. Jessica Jones, number 10, up next. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Michael Gatos. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, one thing I want to say, Ben, you, did you get to go see Homecoming yet? No. No. Um, there's awesome, like, Bendis love. Yeah. There's, a, there's graffiti that just says Bagley in one of the scenes made me so happy Uh, there's definitely appreciation for Brian Michael Bendis Sarah Pichelli and a lot of the combo creators I am planning to see it tomorrow I have plans they could be derailed sure Um, but provided they're not I'm going to go see it tomorrow night right on and I will let you know next week what I think okay Uh, so yeah we've got Jessica Jones here Uh, Maria Hill she is trying to come clean to Jessica there's just this whole back and forth Um, there's it's there's something I'm sorry there's something really cool about these two like probably the two Bendisy characters in the Marvel Universe most Bendisy that's a word yeah it's Jessica Jones Maria Hill both his original creations he's breathed so much life into them they've really grown and been used by other writers and all this cool stuff but at the end of the day they are Bendis creations and seeing them rub up against each other in a way that totally made sense was just kind of a joy yeah yeah there's the really great stuff between the two of them throughout this issue there's great stuff with Jessica being angry and just like going off on people she's so great uh, and then ultimately she's trying to get the bo- get to the bottom of what's going on with Maria Hill and she goes to an unexpected place and there's some really crazy unexpected events. This was almost a pick of mine. I yeah. love this series so much. Look at stuff this week. Yeah. Uh, two adaptations of our media, our work in other media. We've got Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man versus The Sinister Six, number 11, which of course adapts the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series that recently wrapped up. And then we've got Marvel's Thor Ragnarok Prelude number one, which adapts the events of the Incredible Hulk film. Yeah, like the first back. half of it. Yeah, it's got the first half of the Incredible Hulk film. Uh, it's been a while since I watched that movie, so mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to get it caught up. Just to give the credit where credit is due, it was uh, adapted from Zach Penn's Incredible Hulk screenplay, but written by Will Corona Pilgrim, with art by J.L. Giles and colors by J. David Ramos. Very, if you're getting ready for uh, Thor Ragnarok, this book will get you kind of, you know, let you know where some of the characters came from and uh, all that. Get you ready to Ragnarok and roll. Getting ready huh? to rock and rock. Yep. Rah, all right. We've got Nick Fury number four, written by James Robinson, art by ACO. Um, you love this book. I do. I do. I'm just looking for the proper credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ACO, inks by Hugo Petrus and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, this puts Nick Fury in the deep blue sea caper. He goes to Atlantis. He goes underground, under the water. Uh, and we get to see Namor shirtless with some dope <laughs> oh, boots. Oh, good Namor. Really yeah, cool yeah, yeah. boots and a, like a skirt. It yeah. just looks 
fantastic. Uh, but of course, Nick Fury is looking to try to stop Hydra, who is infiltrating Atlantis. There's shenanigans. Uh, we've got cool tech, of course, that Nick Fury uses. There's you know high stakes stuff. There's battles. We get Atuma mm. in here, which is really cool. all about Atuma. I love Atuma, uh, but you know ultimately it's Nick Fury being Nick Fury. Very cool stuff. Secret Empire, Brave New World number three, the anthology series. It's telling the story of different characters in uh, in the Secret Empire. We've got Back in the Fight, the Daily Bugle story, with uh, written by Ethan Sachs, pencils by Marco Lorenzana, inks by Juan Velasco. It involves J. Jonah Jameson being coaxed back into the journalism game by a familiar character. I'm not going to reveal who she is because it's actually a pretty cool deal. Uh, we've got a star brand story called Walls, written by Mags Visaggio. Art by Sean Izoxi, basically show and colors by Tom Rabonvillain. Uh, it shows what Starbrand is up to. He's one of the people out in space who can't get through the space wall. And then the third part of Sanctuary, starring the Avengers, written by Paul Alor, art by Brian Lovell. The uh, Human Torch and Toro have been captured by Namor, but now Namora is on their side, and we get a big old fight. So we get a lot of Atlantis Namor action this week. Yeah. And and who could be upset about that? Yeah. All right, we've got uh, Spider-Man number 18, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Oscar Bazaldua. Bazaldua? Bazaldua. Bazaldua, colors mm-hmm. by Justin Ponsor with Rain Barreto. Uh, this is just, there's so much good stuff here. Ano- again, another one I very nearly chose. Uh, love seeing Oscar's art every, you know, in, in this uh, story arc. It's getting better and better. Uh, yep. This is a big gold balls issue. So Huge gold balls issue. If you love gold Ooh, balls. that felt wrong. No, it nope. feels right. So right. Yes, uh, it's awesome. Really, really great. Uh, we even get like a Gold Balls logo. Yeah, essentially, awesome. which made me really happy. Essentially, it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, Gold Balls also looking fit, looking yeah. real good. Good for him. Yeah, good uh, for him. Yeah. Uh, Gold Balls comes to the rescue, saves Miles, and then it like just boom, boom, boom. So much stuff happens. We get the the really like an anticipated conversation between Miles and someone else. Oh my God, who's, so good. It's been coming throughout yeah, 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 yeah. this story arc. Did you uh, say you almost picked this issue? Yeah. This was another issue. I yeah, it was, it was very close. Very, really very close. Um, looking back at it now, man, uh, so good. A lot of fun. I love this story arc. And there's trouble brewing still for Trouble Miles. in paradise. Uh, not so much paradise. All right, <laughs> Spider-Man Master Plan number one, written by are written and constructed by the Ryan Panagos dream team yeah. of writer Robbie Thompson, yeah. artist Nathan Stockman, and colorist Jim Campbell. I saw this and I was just like, oh man, Ryan's going to be so happy. I was so happy and together. delighted by that issue. It's it's just a Spider-Man story. It's a don't worry about continuity, have some fun Spider-Man story where he's trying to get to uh, an event and he keeps getting derailed by the fact that there's seemingly crime everywhere across the city. He finds out it is a coordinated effort. He runs into the crime master uh, who... I just love Nathan Stockman's art. Nathan Stockman is so good. He draws such a good Spider-Man. He conveys his movement so well. He uh, does a great crime master. And Spidey gets into it with a crime master. And uh, <laughs> he just... He just can't win, but he does. Uh, he, he can't win, but he does. Yes. Is what I said. Exactly. Um, and then we've got a reprint of the first appearance of the Vulture in the back. So if you're going to see Spider-Man Homecoming this weekend, a nice primer would be Spider-Man Master Plan. Totally. Um, we've got Spider-Man Deadpool number 19 written by Joshua Corrin, art by Will Robson and Jordan Boyd. This one, sort of the there, you've got Peter Parker who gets wrapped up in this, uh, this like, adventure almost uh there's a woman who is rich and she 
you know, sees Peter Parker, knows, recognizes him, pulls him in, and finds you know, is like, "Hey, Peter, I just realized you took the photos of the first battle between Spider-Man and the Vulture yeah. way back when." Uh, and she's got like she wants the negatives to that because yes. it's really uh, sort a of personal. Reason. There's a very personal reason here, uh, but it's it's a cool way to insert this character into Spidey's continuity and his history and of course Deadpool gets involved in it as well and they have to go to New Jersey yep. and they're trying Sorry, to guys. be really serious that's why it's called No Laughing Matter yep. they're trying to be really serious but they run into slapstick hard to be serious with slapstick around. yeah he's got no dingus yeah as he will tell you yeah, he'll let you all the know. time yeah uh, but uh, there's there's just a lot of wackiness going on here and a big twist right at the end cool and finally, we've got Star Wars Rogue One Adaptation Number 4, written by Jody Hauser. The art is by Emilio Luizzo. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. This is, of course, an adaptation, like I just said, of Rogue <laughs> One, a Star Wars story. Enjoy. Yes, with a couple little bits a couple added little in there. bits and bobs yep. added in there. Make totally. It interesting. All right, collections on sale this week. We've got Avengers by Jonathan Hickman, Omnibus Volume 1. you got to get that if you haven't read it. Uh, Captain America Epic Collection, Bucky Reborn. Dark Tower, The Gunslinger Born. Yep, re-release on that one. That's because, the first one, right? Yep, because The Dark Tower is, of course, coming out in theaters. So When is that? It's sometime in the next couple of weeks. Cause yeah. I've seen commercials on okay. like general TV, yeah. so it's got to be coming soon. All right. Uh, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, Omnibus Volume 1, Gamora Volume 1, Memento Mori, Inhumans vs. X-Men, Hardcover, Marvel Masterworks, Spectacular Spider-Man, Volume 1 in Hardcover, Monsters Unleashed, monster size mm, hardcover. I think that's oversized. Yeah, it's it's gigantic. Oh, it's you saw it? Me- it's, okay. in, it's in Ricky's office. Okay, I'll go he has a copy, look. and it's huge. I want to check it's that like out. two feet tall. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Art of the Movie slipcase, and Star Wars Volume Five: Yoda's Secret War. Also on the Marvel app this week, in addition to everything we covered, you've got Excalibur original series number 59 through 67, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, the 70s series 1 through 15, Spider-Man Fairy Tales 1 through 4, and Untold Tales of Spider-Man issues negative 1, as well as 1 through 8 and 10 through 25. That's a great old uh, Kurt Busiek run on Spider-Man. There is uh, a character from Untold Tales of Spider-Man who is in Spider-Man Homecoming. No. Yes. Shut up. I will not shut up. You shouldn't have to. Yes. Okay, digital collections on the app this week. Captain America Epic Collection, Bucky Reborn, Inhumans vs. X-Men, Gamora Volume 1, Memento Mori, Monsters Unleashed, Spectacular Spider-Man Masterworks Volume 1, Star Wars Volume 5, Yoda's Secret War, Excalibur Visionaries, Alan Davis Volume 3, Spider-Man Fairy Tales, Spider-Man Saga of the Sandman, X-Force Shatterstar, and X-Statics Presents Dead Girl. All right, and Marvel Unlimited. We've got Black Panther number 9, Black Widow number 9, Captain America Steve Rogers number 8, Carnage number 15, Civil War 2 number 8, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu from the 70s, 19 through 31. Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme number 3. Hell yeah to that. Doctor Strange, Punisher, Magic Bullets, Infinite Comic number 4. Really fun. Enchanted Tiki Room number 3. Extraordinary X-Men number 17. Gambit 23 and 25 from the... from like early 2000s uh ghost rider number <laughs> two yeah mm. uh, i'm loving it great lakes <laughs> avengers number three guidebook to the marvel cinematic universe marvel's agents of shield season three hulk number one infamous iron man number three marvel universe ultimate spider-man versus the sinister six number six wow that was a mouthful yeah mighty thor nice <laughs> mighty thor number 14 moon girl and devil dinosaur number 14 Prowler, number three. Rocket Raccoon, number one. Spider-Man, number 11. Spider-Man Deadpool, number 12. 
Spider-Woman number 14, Star Wars number 26, Thunderbolts number 8, Uncanny Avengers number 18, Uncanny Inhumans number 17, Venom Along Came a Spider, the full series 1 through 4 from 1996, and X-Men 92 number 10. A lot of books. A lot of books wow. to be reading. Yeah. Wow. Um, we're going to send you guys over to the West Coast. Mm. They're going to give you some great news, and then we're going to come back with your questions and comments. Let's do that. Yay. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello this week in Marvelettes. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Assistant editor Christine Din. And we are here talking Marvel movies, TV, Marvel West Coast. What we got coming up first this week. What happens Friday, Christine, as people are listening to this? Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Is? In theater. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just fin- getting people... Fin- finish the all, thought. Finish uh, the thought. All anticipating the film <laughs> uh yes it's in theaters um uh to finally here you get to see spider-man uh in his first solo adventure inside the marvel cinematic universe yes uh faces off against the vulture and buddies up with iron man and um i'm not gonna Just lie we dealing have not, dealing with high school stuff we have not we have christy and i have not seen this movie as as we speak, have you? Have you no. seen? It? No, we haven't. We haven't nope. seen it. Um, but but I am very excited. We're actually going to be seeing it shortly after we record this podcast. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited for it. I've been hearing some very great things uh, in terms of all sec- the cameos of the high school students. Well, yes, there are a lot of great cameos in of of the high school students. They they really sort of populate that with all of those like high school supporting cast characters that. Haven't that weren't in any? Well, they were kind. Some of them were kind of in the previous five movies, the previous movies. I don't but know. Like, was Cindy in any of them? No, she wasn't. Well, she wasn't created. Um, That's true. That's a recent, like what, two, three years? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. There's lots of really fleshes out that high school feel. I'm very excited for it. Of course, I'm excited to just see Spiderman swinging around in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just want to watch that scene where. Everyone's robbing the bank in Avengers mask, and he's all like, "Hey guys!" <laughs> Hulk gives you away. <laughs> um, and you can, uh, for more Inspireman Homecoming, we've got a new this week in Marvel mini podcast that's out, uh, where you can hear Lorraine talk with some of the cast. Uh, we also have some videos that we'll be posting probably this weekend, where Lorraine chats with uh, Tom Holland, Marissa Tomei, and some of uh, those high school buddies that we're talking mm-hmm. about of Peter's. Uh, moving into the world of television, Marvel's Luke Cage. We just announced that there will be two new uh, cast members joining the series for the upcoming second season, mm-hmm. which will debut in Netflix uh, in 2018. Those new cast members are Mustafa Shakir, who will be playing John McIver, and Gabriel Dennis, who... I said Gabrielle. I said do you pronounce Gabrielle when it's yeah. a woman, isn't it? Gabrielle Dennis. I don't know how to pronounce even the most common <laughs> names. That's how skilled I am. Uh, who will play Tilda Johnson? Um, so you can read more about that on Marvel.com right now. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm going to let you kick off the next thing. In the world of animation, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, we have four new episodes uh, airing this Saturday, July 8th, starting at 1130. Um, after this segment, I'll be talking to Harrison Wilcox about the Order of the Nova arc. Order of the Nova. Does Ben Morse know that there is an Order of the Nova art going on in Guardians of the Galaxy? He probably doesn't because I didn't tell him. You say, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure he is very excited. <laughs> um, finally, to wrap things up, bridging the world of both film and TV, Marvel took home four Saturn Awards yes. uh, last week. Of course, the Saturn Awards are um, sort of, they're, they're, they're a prestigious award that really focuses on like uh, the sci-fi sci-fi horror and fantasy yeah. uh film and television so it's a great honor that we took home four of them for best comic to film motion picture which was dr strange best new media tv series which was marvel's luke cage best supporting actress in a film uh tilda swinton as the ancient one in dr strange dr strange and best performance by a younger actor by some guy named Tom Holland as some character named Spider-Man in uh, Captain America Civil War. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be seeing that kid around again soon because I liked him in that Civil War movie. They should give him his own movie. I am so blown away that I just, re- uh, I was listening to Lorraine saying that um, he was 18 when he got casted and started playing yeah yeah i think that's right yeah what a baby yeah well he's only born in yeah he would have been 18 or 19 yeah because he's 21 now 20 he's 20 he's born in oh has his birthday happened i don't know he's born 96 all right well anyway he's he's such a little baby i I say as if i'm we have like a whole whole decade on him oh boy Stop giving my age away to readers, <laughs> listeners, whoever the hell is paying attention to us. Thousands of people. Um, great. Like Christine said, she'll be chatting with Harrison Wilcox right after this. Um, so at the moment, we have no games news, but if something yes. pops up, I will snag somebody. Yes, yes. Uh, we're recording this podcast a little bit uh, early, um, and particularly given the holiday weekend, yep. the long weekend. It's a little slower on the news, considering this week was effectively just a half week. You know, but then you're, you guys have to gear up for D23 and San Diego Comic-Con. Yep, that's a great thing to remind me of. Thank you, Christine. You're All welcome. right, on that pleasant <laughs> note, um, I'm, we're going to kick it over to Christine and Harrison. Yes. This week in Marvel, this is assistant editor Christine Din, and today we have two awesome animation guests with us. Who are you guys? Harrison Wilcox, and my name is Henry Gilroy. And Henry, you um, write for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. That's correct. Yeah, I um, actually co-developed the show with uh, Marty Eisenberg, and co-wrote the pilot. And uh, I've been very fortunate to be. Uh, continuing collaborator with this amazing uh, story and uh, production. Awesome. Henry, Henry's been with us for a long time, <laughs> on and off. Henry was our head writer uh, on uh, our Hulks in the Agents of Smash show oh, yeah. and Ultimate Spider-Man Season 3, which is the That's first show that he and I worked on together. I can't get enough of Marvel. <laughs> or me. <laughs> well. 
so we have both you guys on because um, we have a special new arc this weekend on Disney XD. We have four episodes debuting from 1130 on, and it's the Order of the Nova arc. Can you guys tell me a little bit about the episodes that you worked on or just like the overall sure. concept? Uh, we, when we were breaking the season, we, we knew we were going to do this massive Adam Warlock arc. Uh, and we were trying to find interesting ways to tie other bits of the Marvel cosmic universe into uh, Adam Warlock's mythology. And so when we first opened that sarcophagus that Thanos had hidden mm-hmm. under his throne inside were uh, those uh, those wristbands, those gauntlets, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a damaged Nova helmet. And that Nova helmet has taken us on a journey that, that brings us to this arc. Uh, and that's where we are right now. Awesome. So, Henry, what was your involvement? Like, what's the process like for you when you're writing episodes to what we see on the screen? Yeah, uh, what's great is an arc like this, um, I'm actually involved um, usually for the full arc because the way Harrison runs the the story summits is we have a group of uh, writers sitting in a writing room and we have kind of premises and then we kind of break each story down and everybody's contributing, offering their ideas, and then usually at the end of it, um, you know, whoever the producer is, I think in this case, um, Marty Eisenberg will choose which writer gets which story, which chapter of this particular arc. So um, it's great to actually have a connection to all of the stories as you're breaking them. There's a lot of productions that, you know, you'll just be kind of assigned an episode out of the blue mm-hmm. where where here you really feel like you're part of a, a larger arc. It's almost like a movie-length story. That's awesome. And you have um, an episode in this weekend's um, block. I do. I do. I, I'm writing what I call the, the Jonah and the Whale story. And <laughs> this is the guardians who end up inside this giant beast and um, are are trying to, you know, locate, um, you know, uh, Sam's father. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't sure if we were revealing that. Sure. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, they have, uh, you know, it's, there's lots of challenges and obstacles along the way, and, uh, and they end up, um, yeah, meeting not only, uh, you know, uh, finding uh, unique artifacts, but uh, they also, you know, encounter, um, you know, somebody else's father. So it's pretty exciting. Yes, and in Henry's episode, we kill off a major character from the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. We tried to stop Henry, uh. but he was out for blood <laughs> and said somebody has to die in this episode. <laughs> So we There's put all the characters. We put all the names in a hat, and a major character dies and does not come back. And then the character's name rhymes with boot. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding out there. It's Rocket. Just kidding. It's Rocket who dies. Trevor doesn't We're know. Get a lot of angry fan mail. Yes, <laughs> and it should be addressed to Harrison Wilcox, care of Marvel. <laughs> What I really love about the show is that you really tackle a lot of heavy family storylines, but you keep the content very light and very fresh. Like, how do you approach, you know, dealing with um, characters who interact with their families that they're not, you know, like, attached to, as well as making it, like, a fun show for Disney XD? I think that's uh, why everyone likes shows like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and the other show I'm working on right now, Star Wars Rebels, is both shows have a strong family story element. And it's usually these very uh, kind of diverse, unique characters coming together to make a family. 
and um, unlikeliest family, mm-hmm. you could say. So I think that's really great. But all families have the same kind of issues, whether it's rivalries and competitions right. or pet peeves. Yeah. All of that stuff is something that I think everyone who has a family can relate to. So that's one thing that kind of, I think, draws viewers to Guardians of the Galaxy and to Star Wars is they are family-related. They're really stories about, small stories about family and the interpersonal dynamics you know, what, how the characters feel about each other all the time, because I think everyone has issues with their family members. And, and we try to use the series, you know, just regardless of where it happens in space and time and all the cosmic action and all that, it's, it's getting along with your family, building a, strong, a, a stronger bond. Yeah, and I do love that, you know, like the Guardians, as dysfunctional as they are, they really do care for each other. And, you know, like, they're like annoying siblings, and you convey that really well. And they just have like a really good banter back and forth. Um, who's your favorite character to write for? Um, honestly, I get asked that question all the time on the, the Star character Wars show he too. gets to kill, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I would that character would live, obviously. <laughs> no, I, it depends on the story. And people always go, "Who's your favorite character?" And I go, "Gosh, you know, if I write a rocket-centric episode, I really like that. Or if I'm writing a Quill episode, gosh, that's a great story too." So, and it's the same with Gamora. I. I I really love the characters. I don't. I, I want to say they're all my children, to some extent. And if I'm writing them effectively, they're each one of them will be my favorite when I'm writing that particular story. Awesome. Do we ever ask you, Harrison, what your favorite character from the series is? Yeah, Harrison. Which character do you want to kill? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, it's it is hard to say. Every every episode that we record. Usually it's not necessarily for me on the writing side, but when we record the episode and we have, say, a Drax-centric episode or a Gamora-centric episode or even like a Nebula-centric episode, I I find myself leaving that record uh, feeling like, man, I really understand that character better now, or wow, that actor really brought that character to mm-hmm. life in a way that I never really looked at that character before. And uh, and so it's similar to what Henry's saying. Every, every week... Uh, depending on who we're focusing on, really, uh, that, that sort of becomes my favorite character. I mean, that all being said, uh, I got to say, Toddler Groot yeah. is probably, <laughs> even if it's not about him, if he's just in the scene, that brings a special <laughs> smile to my face. And it's a real shame that Henry killed him off. <laughs> it's not Spoiler Groot, warning. it's Drax we're killing, I thought you said. Oh, right, right, right. No, no, Rocket. I can't remember. They're all dead. (laughs) It's all a dream. They're stuck on an island. Yep. After committing six seasons, you're just like, (laughs) they won't. It won't be a twist. It won't be a dream. Um, So what's been the writing process like um, between writing for Guardians and then also writing for Star Wars Rebels? How do Uh, you, like, balance your life? um, Yeah. It's a Um, lot of space. It's a lot of deep (laughs) space, Henry. That's right. But there's hyperspace and, you know, hyperdrives. All right, all right, all right. They are very different. It's interesting. They're both on the same network, Mm -hmm. Disney XD, um, uh, who I think has been supportive of both series, and that's great. it's uh, for me as far as changing gears. There's a different kind of sensibility um, where I think there's probably a lot more um, mystical uh, aspects to Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I but I and I think that the the humor is probably less broad. It's a, it happens in a little more of a more realistic mm-hmm. universe where the Guardians' humor I think can be a little more over the top 
And I think, you know, if you have a walking tree and a, right. and a talking raccoon, you can kind of get away with that. And, yeah. and I think like Harris was saying, uh, Toddler Groot's fantastic because he's so funny and he's a lovable character. And, and even Rocket has that sense where he's such a pain in the butt, but you <laughs> love him because he is that pain in the butt. So, um, uh, but as far as the, the juggling it all, I, I really feel fortunate to have actually worked on both properties because I think there's something in them that um, everyone loves. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad to be able to, you know, add um, some, you know, some story story material, some story fodder to the mythology because I think it's, it's uh, I think I think Guardians is going to be one of those that's around for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And probably eventually it's going to be a, become its own Star Wars in a way. Do you get to interact with the voice talent a lot and like kind of interject their personality into the, the, the episodes that you write? Um, I honestly I haven't been to any of the Guardians records. Not on Hulk shores and on Spider Man. Absolutely, yeah. and and I think um, you know it's it, it's been my experience that every and every script I've written is the voice actor brings a major part of the character mm-hmm. to the part. And uh, you've got to allow that actor to bring that, whatever they have, their inspiration, their sense of humor, um, and, and trust their instincts because they'll, they'll help you create the character. And that's definitely been on the case. Strangely enough, Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa um, is actually um, the voice of Gamora, and she's also the voice of Hera on Rebels. Oh. Um, which, which is exactly so. I, yeah, I work with her a lot, and um, but um, what's what's interesting is she's such a great actress. She really does bring, you know, she does really does create, help create two different characters, mm-hmm. even though they're both green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Is there um, any moments that you're you're allowed to tease for the rest of the season? What can we expect? Uh, well, you know, I I think. Uh, anyone who knows anything about Marvel Cosmic knows you can't really get Adam Warlock without a little uh, of the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, the these four episodes are the seeds to uh, what really is the, the culmination uh, of the uh, Star-Lord and Jason uh, relationship. Uh, what you'll see in these four episodes will will be the beginning of the end for uh, Peter Quill and his father. It's going to be really heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, last question. Um, what character that you guys haven't touched yet that you'd like to bring into the series one day? Uh, I'd really like to see uh, Jesse Alexander, Sam's dad. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So what did I? <laughs> <laughs> what he has been up to, what happened to him, how Thanos ended up with his helmet mm-hmm. uh, are all questions that I would like to explore and see the answers to. Awesome. You want me to answer that too? Yeah. I don't know. Can I say Silver Surfer? Can I say that? I'm not allowed to say that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, gosh, I... I uh, yeah, actually, I, I have to say I'm kind of with... Uh, Harrison on seeing Jesse Alexander just because I think that character um, really can widen and broaden other characters um, Sam especially you know I grew up reading uh, the Nova comic books when I was young and, and I was always a huge fan 
um, of Nova. So I, I was really thrilled to have the opportunity to expand on his character um, in the series. So. Yeah, he has a lot to endure this weekend. He mm-hmm. has, like goes through everything in this whole arc. Yep. All right. Hijinks and hilarity, as always. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. And, and death. Yeah. Don't forget death. <laughs> yes. There's some death in there. You won't. We don't worry. We won't forget about the death, Henry. <laughs> you know, everyone. That's all everyone wants nowadays, anyway. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and for everyone listening, tune in to Disney XD this Saturday, starting at 11:30 a.m. Thank you, Christine. are back we're back time for the question and comments just a reminder if you have a question or comment you can tweet to us using the hashtag this week in marvel uh someone will pick it up and we'll put it in a future episode or you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com got two emails to read a little bit later on in the show uh but right now let's go to uh chadwick who's now uh named chopstick Chopstick? uh he says if you're like me and stuck in the office today make your monday better and check out the latest this week in marvel Aw, chadwick you're the sweetest thanks chopstick thanks so much uh uh, Count Tuckula. Oh, yeah. Mr. Polonog. Polonog. Yep. Uh, says, we don't need spotlight comics. We have the Twim of the Week. So this, this goes back we, to... We had this conversation. Yeah. Yes, we talked about this last week. Uh, yeah. This isn't the full conversation because there was some back and forth. Right. Whoever grabbed this only grabbed the ones that were hashtag this week in Angelica. Angelica, the come size on. bully, mm. as I call her. Uh, but some of it in here from uh, Count Tuckula mm-hmm. says, we don't need spotlight comics. We have the Twim of the Week. Your personalities are what makes this podcast. Uh, it's not awful. It's still enjoyable, mainly because you guys are still so fun. Oh, uh, goes And uh, you know what? Angelica also put this in the wrong order. we got to talk to her about yeah, this. Yeah, she's the worst. Uh, because the first one here is from uh, Mr. Polinog saying, I'm way behind currently yeah. on episode 273, yep. and I don't like the new format of the new comic yeah, section. she blew it. doesn't continue. Yeah. So this is the conversation so we were having. that's it for Insider Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is the conversation we were having last week. Uh, we always, you know, welcome to see what people are thinking. We're yep. trying to, you know, we have to mix it up here and there, and, you know, the, the show runs long. Like, let it does run very long, and it's even like, still, it's running long. But we're trying to dive into things a little bit deeper. Yeah, and that's and, helpful. And also, after two hundred ninety-seven episodes, doing things one way, you know, we got to change things up once in a while. We keep things interesting for yeah. us, and we hope that in keeping things interesting for us, we'll also keep things interesting for you. But if you guys have thoughts, we always want to hear them. We're always modifying. You know, there's there's never, it's never a you know. This is the way we're doing things, and screw you guys. Yeah. So definitely let us know what you think, and if there's a significant demand, you know we'll always make stuff happen. Right on. DBT Trader said, "Seared Empire Five, Herc versus Gorgon. Now you face a man. I've waited for Phobos to be avenged for a long time. It was perfect. Yes, that was pretty cool. Hell yeah." Haywood, my pick for June 21st is Guardians of the Galaxy number four, Jerry Duggan, Gamora getting more lethal, and the Legion of Groots. Hmm. Uh, next from Joshua Cooper, Commander Socket. Man, the Daredevil office has set up one awesome crossover event with Running with the Devil. Excited to see a payoff. It wasn't really a crossover so much as it was just, you know, a bunch of cool books that had a similar branding. But they all did look really cool. And I do like that they're all going to 
presumably feed back into Daredevil because at the end of Elektra, she was headed back to New York. At the end of Kingpin, we've already seen him in Daredevil. And Bullseye, of course, is always just around the corner. And so he's showing up. Yeah. Like, we've seen little bits and pieces of him elsewhere. Yeah, so, so that's... I, it, it was it was a good couple months with those uh, series, and hopefully we'll see more stuff like that in the future. Yeah. More from him. We got, not sure if I like the way Dennis Hopeless writes Namor or the way Victor Abenez draws him. Either way, it's all good. That's... Um, no, no, yeah, he says, oh, not sure if I like not it. Not sure more. if I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. A terrible reading comprehension by me. Let me give this another let me give this another shot. <laughs> not sure if I like the way not sure if I like the way Dennis Hopeless writes Namor or the way Victor Eminez draws him more. Either way, it's all good. So that was from Gene <laughs> yeah. Gray. All right. Okay. I think I redeemed myself <laughs> yes. there. That was uh yeah, I can't read. I was because I was gonna say, man, that's a jerk yeah, thing to do. Harsh. I, I hate Super when, harsh. Like, like fans are like, I hate your like you know, like yeah. being mean to people. No good. Not okay. Not like okay. if you don't like their stuff, that's fine. You don't have to tag you don't them have to in tell it. Them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hey everyone, it's Jason Chung making a cameo appearance. Say hi to everyone, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've Just got- think, sometime soon we're going to have an actual podcast room where this doesn't happen. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that last page of Secret Empire number five through, though, that last page of... I'm just a wow. mess this week. Wow. That last page of Secret Empire 5, though, hashtag Bruce, hashtag we have an army and a... Uh, Jason's just dropping stuff left and right. Yeah. Finally, Ben and Johnny have a conversation. It's almost enough to make me hope. Hashtag I miss the Richards. That's from Infamous Iron Man. Great yeah. conversation there. All right. Uh, Kelsey Knobloch says, loving Starbrand and Brave New World number three. I need more Starbrand. Nightmask Love one six, issue seri- ex- one six issue series was not enough. There is some major Starbrand stuff coming up. Yes. Uh, in the most unexpected of places. Yes. Uh, right. It may make you happy. It may make you upset. We'll yeah. see what happens. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, Kelsey says, Champions number 10 is the bomb.com. You know what that's from? That's what? from Total Divas. Oh. One of the, Cameron, who's no longer with WWE and no longer on Total Divas, oh. used to call things the bomb.com. I got it. I assume that's where Kelsey got it from. <laughs> uh, Kelsey says, I can't get over how great this entire series is. Champions is fantastic. Champions is great. Lance Presley. Uh, Lance, you related to Mr. Elvis? Presley? Perhaps maybe? you've heard of him. Yeah, I'm familiar with his work. His his oeuvre. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that was awesome. That was honky-tonk man level right yep. there. <laughs> uh, Lance says, most of them across the multiverse had killed each other. Uh, again, yeah, Angelica's Angelica his- reversed things. On, on intern Andres, who's been here and been quiet the whole time, yeah. just a model intern, I want you to give intern Angelica a piece of your mind. I know she's very intimidating, and very sassy. She's about four foot two. Yeah, she's yeah. and all in every bit of four foot two. Yeah. Um, she got really excited when I told her I was also Colombian. Oh, uh, so I didn't like, know she was Colombian. Yes. Oh, she's she was born there. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. Um, yeah. So give her what for. Yes. All right. So we just have to remember to read these from the bottom up there when there are multiple All right. posts. So Lance's first post is reading Deadpool Killology, Killology. Killology. in prep for the new Deadpool Kill series. I realized where there weren't more Deadpools in Secret Wars. Most of them across the multiverse had killed each other. There you go. That is an That's excellent cool. point. One million twin points, Lance. There you go, Lance. You're on the board. <laughs> Raph AB says, listening to this week in Marvel, uh, that Ryan, Ben, and Mark... The love for Executioner song makes them true. Exennials. Have you heard about Exennials? No. Okay, so... Is that... Wait, that's a thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, Exennials, it just came up this week. Never never let it be said we don't educate you here on This Week in Marvel. So basically, you've got millennials who were born mid to late 80s or 90s onto today. You've got Generation X, which is like the early 80s and then um, the 70s. 
but there was this feeling that there needed to be another group in between Generation X and Millennials because I think I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was like uh, they have the attitude of Generation X, but they have the technology familiarity of Millennials. This is me. It is you. It's you and me. It's wow. Both of us. I did it. Because I think uh, where it fell was like, I believe it's because you're 1981, right? Yeah. I think it's 1981 to 1983. So it's basically three years. <laughs> I got to say. totally worthless. Who came up with this? Uh, it was, God, I got to look it up later. I'll send you the information. We can talk about it next week. It's some like, some scholar came up with it and it got published in a paper. But that's the term. The term is Xennials because it's a combination between Generation X and Millennials. And I love the fact that Rafi B used it to describe us because we loved Executioner. I song. thought it was just like people who grew up no, loving the X Men. No, it's which a, I could also it's accept. It's a legit like intellectual thing that uh, is happening in the world. That is or, ridiculous. Or, or Raph A B came up with the term thinking it was just you know ex, an exennial thing, and then doesn't know that it's an actual term. But wow. I, I give him credit. I think Raph A B knows what's going on. Fair enough. Yeah. That was your education portion of the podcast. <laughs> Instead of talking about wrestling. <laughs> Uh, Ricky Ribeiro says, what's the difference between Marvel's Generations and Legacy Initiatives? Not sure how they fit together. Okay, good uh, good question. Glad we can talk about this. So Legacy is a larger initiative that's going to be happening in the fall. It's going to feature a lot of kind of return of big characters. It's going to have some really cool storytelling points. We're going to have some renumbering. Yeah, I was going to say renumbering is yeah. going to be a big thing. We're going to have a lot more on Marvel Legacy next week on Marvel.com, so turn into that. Uh, Generations is kind of part of Legacy, but it's its own thing. Generations is a 10-part limited series in which the Legacy heroes meet their, sometimes the mentors they already know, or... Um, just they team up the legacy heroes the younger heroes like young Jean gray or jane foster thor or sam wilson captain america team up with the original characters who inspired them mm -hmm. and it's uh beautiful one shots we've been doing some sketchbooks on those they're written by the teams who do the issues they're gonna be really good it's gonna be really high quality stuff and hopefully that clarified but again stay tuned to marvel.com and our social channels we're gonna have so much more on marvel legacy and we will make it so clear that you'll say ben thank you thank <laughs> I, you for that i would also say like generations is sort of a spiritual predecessor to the legacy initiative well put um, that's why you get paid the big bucks yeah we did it uh captain rogers 44 says secret empire 4 was oddly hilarious but most of all pimtron was right why bother destroying the world just let them do it also many points for naming him pimtron, pimtron. is that a thing that's catching on i think it's a thing that's catching i like on. it yeah Give me more. It's like Xennials. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Robert says, Secret Empire United was a great look into what's going on with mutants. Not everywhere uh, in Hydra is listening to Hydra Cap. Mm -hmm. Very true. He says, Captain America Secret Rogers 17 was a good read like Secret always. Secret Rogers? What? He said, Captain America Secret Rogers. Secret Rogers. Yeah. Is that not what his name is now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Captain America Love Steve it. Rogers 17 was a good read like always. At least Hydra Steve knows Twitter. Just don't ask about Vegas. Oh, yeah. That and was he, great with the Sally Floyd stuff. He got heated. Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally, Robert says, loved Secret Empire Uprising. Widow is a surprising good leader for a lone wolf. Question is, where does it go from here? That's an important question to yep. keep in mind for all Black Widow stuff. In this I'm book. going to read Simon Williams' stuff last, but it appears that this was done in the right order based on where his Twim of the Week picks are. Because it... <laughs> She's so, all over the place. She's all over the grid. She's a nightmare. All right. Simon Sebs, reading X-Men Gold number six. See, Agent M, Storm thinks Gambit is an all right guy. You should be more like her. Storm also dated Forge for Forge, a very long the time. The worst X-Men. They so, were engaged. Yeah. So 
Look, not a not a great judge of character. Aurora Monroe, one of yeah. my favorite characters, Absolutely. but her judgment can be clouded. Absolutely, it is not always clouded. on point. I like what you did there, right? Storm. You've nice. got, of course, T'Challa. That is where she should be. Yeah. Forge, Gambit, get the hell out of here. Can't disagree. Sometimes she's got to slum it. I guess everybody's <laughs> got to have those down moments. I can't disagree with you, um, David Walker. I know Luke Cage just started, but will Senor Magico show up at some point in the book? He asked David Walker this. I don't know if David responded or not. I hope so. I, I hope love so Senor Magico. I hope so too. Reading Mighty Thor number twenty. It's heart wrenching what happened to everyone in this issue. That was the debut of the new <gasps> Ultimate Thor. It oh, was so man. good. The War mm-hmm. Thor. The War Thor. War Thor. War Thor. Listening to This Week in Marvel number 294, I'd love to go to a Marvel writer's retreat. Could that be the prize in some sort of contest? <laughs> no, uh, no. No. I'm putting no, that out there right no. now. Uh, we can't do that from a confidentiality so many reason. And like, like, there's just too many things. Uh, it would be cool to do something I like do that. like the idea of the writers just trying to do their thing and like a fan just over in the corner just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, there's no yeah. way to keep... But, when we plan out two years of stories, yeah. like there's no way to keep. They that barely let secret. us in the room. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> um, so no, that'll never happen. Tome of the week for six twenty one. Spectacular Spider Man number one. Yes, I like that a lot. Yeah. Reading Black Panther number fifteen. Don't know how much longer I can wait for Aurora and T'Challa to hook up. All the signs are there. I mean, it's inevitable at this point. I right? hope so. I hope, I hope so. so. Those two crazy kids belong together. Yeah. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur would make a great animated series. Who do we need to talk to to make this happen? Mm. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Doctor Animation, idea. the yeah. head of all yeah. animation in the world. President Animation. Yes. Talk to, uh, Hello, my name is President mm-hmm. Animation. Do you like cartoons? Watch yeah, this. That's mine. Um, Reading Moon Girl number twenty. I know I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief. Still, where did Lunella get materials for those robots? Comic books. Yeah, comic books, guys. Reading Defenders number two. A lot of great. I like how Simon Sub subs the as he's reading stuff. He lets yeah, us know what's going. It's great. On. Good stuff. A lot of great action scenes throughout the comic. And finally. Twim of the week for 628 Black Panther number 15. The world building has been one of the best things about this book. 100%. Can't disagree at all. Uh, so those we are got twi- emails. We got a couple emails in here. Uh, one from Mr. Ben Davis. Yep. says, Hi, Twim folks. I guess my question is directed to the West Coast crew, mm. but we're going to answer it because it, we it. can answer it, I think. Uh, I do not have an IMAX theater anywhere near me. Mm. Does that mean I won't get to see the first episodes of Inhumans and have to wait for it to come to digital or DVD to see it? I won't watch the TV show if I can't see it from the beginning. Mm. Uh, so the what we will have in IMAX is a cool, like, never-before-done um, premiere for the show for for what we'll see uh, it's specific like they shot those two episodes with IMAX cameras so to, like the coolest way to see it would be definitely to go see it on IMAX but you will get to see the entire show on television um, as you would normally you're going to get all those episodes don't worry yeah, about you're that you're not going to miss anything right um, it's just like hey you can go to the movies and get a really cool special experience with IMAX that has never happened before and then you could also see it again in like the the full series so um lots of ways to do it and hopefully you get to enjoy it all the ways uh and this one is a little bit older i just forgot to read it previously this came in from lex pendragon it's a little bit of a a personal thing but i want to say thank you lex for this email uh, he said, I had to send an email to say a very heartfelt and very loud congratulations to Agent M and his wife for their impending adoption. Yes. As well as Christina Strain for her recent adoption. Um, if you follow Christina, mm. it's fantastic <laughs> on Twitter. Like her dealing with like baby. Oh, man. And I can't wait to be like in that position. Uh, she's just like watching her updates with the baby stuff is great. Yeah. Um, Lex has some personal stuff in here about 
his experiences with adoption. I don't want to get into um, all of that stuff yeah, uh, it's because it's you know more of the personal stuff. Yep. Um, uh, but he says, I'll admit, I only know you from the podcast, but from what I have heard, uh, I would think you make an excellent father. Congratulations. I agree. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we, we did have a big update for the adoption yes. stuff this week. Uh, I got the bill, the first, uh, the first, hey, <laughs> the first major it's real. invoice, which is so much money mm. um but uh that's how it goes and we we're, we're basically on the on the on the market so okay. to speak as a family it's, it's a, a it's, the whole process is very, very weird fascinating yeah. so like we essentially had to make like hey look at us choose us we're great yeah. we're, we had to write some stuff and show pictures of ourselves and hopefully uh birth family will pick us and yeah. we go from there do you need me to write a letter of recommendation <laughs> we're past that point but Damn thank it. you all right well i'm here <laughs> Me and Andres will put it together. <laughs> Thanks, Andres. We'll put together an audio uh, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. A podcast. Very good. Um, cool. Good place to end. Yeah. Very good place Thanks, to end. everybody, for listening. You know what? When we did our last Twim URC, we didn't pick another Twim I URC. I know. We didn't pick another Twim URC. We need to pick one. What are we going to do? Uh, we'll, we'll continue. Next week. Next week, we'll pick one. Yeah. We just haven't thought about it until yeah, like the been, second. I don't know if you know, but this has been kind of a crazy week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I have to go to my next uh, five and a half hours of meetings. Yeah. But one of the, one of those meetings is we're going to get to talk to uh, Vivian Nicieza right. this afternoon. Very good. So look forward to that. And you guys look forward to hearing that on episode 300. Oh, uh, I have a really interesting idea for 300 that may not be able to happen. Okay. We'll talk about it right now. Off the air. All right. Bye, guys. See you later. This is Marvel, your secret talk. Mm-hmm.